0: The new thing is uh, in the last uh, 10 years was uh, secularism. The change is happening very slowly, it's, which is more healthy. So my name is uh, Anas. I'm a student uh, again, <laughs> I'm trying to finish my bachelor's degree and uh, I work as a cultural edu- educator. I work mostly with students, uh, researchers, and with tourists. Uh, I started as a tour guide and then I had like, a transaction to find myself doing more cultural educating. Uh, born and lived in Jordan, in Amman mostly. I'm, uh, my parents uh, were exiled from Palestine after the war of 1967 so those this is my Palestinian background you know like my both parents my both parents and like all their heritage is Palestinian uh, I was born in Jordan and that's like a big uh, identity question like here like everyone is trying to figure it out like what what is he like that's a big question in Jordan like where are you from I'm from here. Are you really from here? <laughs> uh, that's always a, a, a debate in Jordan.
1: What is the population of Jordan? I I, I get the impression there is quite a a, a mixture.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually uh, the recent statistics talked about uh, ten ten millions uh, in Jordan. Ten millions divided somehow between uh, Jordanian uh, from. Uh, with palestinian origins and typical jordanian or jordanian with a bedouin jordanian uh, background which is uh, people who are who were in the country before 1923 which is before establishing uh, trans jordan so those are jordanian around 15 tribes since that time they are existed in jordan the other 50% are now jordanian but they came after 1948, the war in Palestine, and 1967, they both got nationalities, most of them, and they made the other 50% of the population.
1: Because you're on the front line almost of refugees coming from various conflicts throughout the Middle East, is there another sort of a transient population in uh, in, in Jordan? Yeah, Jordan is... Uh... The second country the,
0: with the most uh, refugees yeah, uh, in the world after Turkey, when, since Turkey received around like three and a half uh, million Syrians, so yeah I was saying that uh, those around like 1.5 Palestinian, millions of Palestinians who are mostly from uh, Gaza and the West Bank in Jordan, Syrian refugees, Jordan also received around 1.5 millions of Syrian refugees, Some of them have moved to Europe, to Turkey, but uh, Jordan was the first point they arrived. And around like 750,000 refugees from Syria are still now in Jordan. Iraqi refugees have like came twice, you know, like after the American uh, war, 2003, a lot of Iraqi, thousands of Iraqi refugees. And after 2015, when ISIS uh, in Mosul, in Iraq, started targeting uh, the Christian Iraqi. That was that another wave of refugees, Christian
1: Iraqi refugees coming to Jordan. It sounds to me like um, Jordan is quite a welcoming country.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually uh, Jordan have been always a country uh, that welcomes people from different places. This is uh, like first, this is like something known about Jordanian. They are uh, really generous and they like supporting others. Since we established the country, this thing started. Uh, and briefly, I can tell a little bit about this story of establishing Jordan. Since 1921, we had the British mandate and, uh, <laughs> and that was, that's what they called it, mandate where Jordanians disagree with that. Jordan used to have uh, tribes. And uh, when we say Jordan, we talk about the East Bank of the famous river, the Jordan River. That's what is called now Jordan. So this river is separating the two banks, the West Bank, the, which known as Palestine. The Jordanian is the Eastern one. In the Western side, it's more uh, businesses, it's more uh, historical important cities as Jerusalem, uh, Nablus, Hebron, Yaffa, like with big industries. The Eastern side of this river used to have more tribes who preferred to be far from business and more doing livestock and having like Bedouin nomadic uh, lifestyle. Those tribes, they were really like happy about their lifestyle. They were so mad about the British plan in this country where British arrived, promised them to give a state of Jordan, brought a family from different place, which is uh, still like the royal family in Jordan, originally from Saudi Arabia. Coming with this uh, British vision for establishing a modern, civilized state, so those uh, original uh, or indigenous Jordanians were not happy about this plan. So they refused to get involved in this project. They tried to stay like in the south of Jordan and tried to keep their identity. And since that moment, that was an opportunity for people from other countries to start coming and to be more like involved in this project because indigenous are not doing it. And that started like to attract from uh, really from different countries. Caucasians as like circadians. They were like first people since the uh, late 19th century. They were arriving during the Ottoman time. They were one of the first immigrants uh, to the country and they had really important role of started, uh, starting businesses here. Even Ozbaki community moved to Jordan in, in the 20s, and they started more industries as uh, fabrics. Syrians started to arrive, Palestinian, uh, Iraqi. So before wars, people started to move to this new project for businesses, and uh, the city started to grow. 1948, Palestinians, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians, moved after Nakba to Jordan, and that added more immigrants and refugees to the country. Every time a new people arrived here, and they added really new color to this state, to this painting. It's really very diverse, and that's the way the country was established, by people coming from different places. Uzbeki added an industrial, Palestinian added more, Syrian adding more. And that started really to create the, the new identity of Jordan uh, and a diverse one. Then those indigenous who didn't like it in the beginning, now they were like, okay, they couldn't keep their uh, Bedouin uh, identity, which is sad, but they needed to join to this, like even the capital, Amman, to join all the other immigrants and to learn from them more about businesses and to work together to make the Jordanian economy so that's like how uh immigrants really had a big role of uh, establishing uh, this state jordanian uh, were happy about having them because it was really having good uh, results uh, uh, and it was really like everyone is learning more from each other and that created a modern diverse identity of jordan and the jordanian people
1: another big impact upon Jordan and important the whole world, of course, is this COVID pandemic.
0: So COVID uh, in Jordan started, the government started a lot of like, in the beginning, a, a good strategy. It was more about protecting people. It was more about, OK, we will think later about the economy. And now the Jordanian people are the most important, their health. Let's close everything. People got really excited about this idea of feeling important and uh, feeling how, like, yeah, this government is really trying to protect us. We had a a special uh, minister of health that uh, people uh, said he is handsome and he became like the superstar in this country. He said that people uh, tell him that he looks like uh, George Clooney. So it was really funny, <laughs> it's hilarious.
1: Was, was he any good as a minister?
0: Uh, no, but he really liked making interviews and every day because he became really like a trend on Facebook and really it was a lot of wrong decisions that now we are now living now, the impact of a lot of uh, wrong decisions. So yeah, from a country that uh, decided to close suddenly we decided to open airports and to, to open public spaces and to allow people to move uh, and that took us to a place where now we have three thousand cases a day on average. After being a country of one case a day, it's, there is no vision, there is no uh, uh, clear plan for what we need to do. Here in Jordan, uh, we are using two uh, applications. You know, like for the government, uh, especially for COVID. Uh, one, for example, called uh, called Aman. It's an application that shows you. It 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 tracks you, like where are you moving, and it tells you if you have been in a place that someone got co- tested positive with Corona that have been to. So then it, you get a notification, tells you that you should do the test. The other one called means your health and daily updates you with numbers and information and advices about how uh, to avoid, you know, like uh, some places and some instructions to have accessibility to, to public departments, they will check your mobile to know that you have the two applications.
1: Is that technology accessible to people outside the cities as well? You, you, know, you travel a lot in the countryside. Is that, is, is that available to everybody, to all citizens?
0: Thank you for asking about this because in Jordan, uh, the capital is Amman and outside this capital is really different. Even everything is so different outside the capital in villages uh, south in the country, especially not no the answer for your question is no people even like for uh, online education they don't have like the uh like the devices you know like or the good internet to to have this education like online or also to be connected through those applications not everyone have like smartphones especially in villages because I mentioned the online education, that's really a big problem for like families. You know, like with three kids or four kids, they have like classes in the same times, and then you need devices for all of them. And especially outside the capital, uh, Amman, people are really poor, and they can't really afford having those devices to be connected and to have good education.
1: What's the education system like in in Jordan?
0: In Jordan, uh, it's just uh, primary education is uh, free for Jordanian, let's say. Where like from the first to the 10th grade, uh, it's a must, you know, like everyone should study and uh, it's for free for Jordanian citizens Uh, or what we call them uh, Jordanian with a national number. National number is that like, that's what makes you a Jordanian.
1: Like an ID Kind of number.
0: Yeah, there are different kinds of IDs, and the only the one with the national number is what makes you a, a Jordanian with the accessibility to all services. And there are many cases that makes you like not able to get it, such if your mother is Jordanian married to a foreigner. That does it, that gives you an ID, but not with a national number
1: but if your father is Jordanian and your mother is uh, Egyptian or you 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 get a national id exactly that's more like about gender equality and that's
0: one of the big uh, issues in the country so Jordanian men can uh, access their uh, nationality to their kids uh, their citizenship but not Jordanian women and this is one of the biggest like issues that uh, Jordanian women are trying to change so in different cases as if you are immigrants uh, that your parents or grandparents have been in Gaza once, and you know, like just the name of Gaza makes it's still like a lot of stereotypes about it. So we have many friends who are uh, refugees. Uh, their parents, let's say, moved to Gaza during like the war because Gaza, like in 1948, Gaza was safe. So a lot of Palestinians they moved to Gaza because Gaza was the place with no war. They stayed there and then the other war happened 1967. They needed to leave and everyone was saying, oh, you are from Gaza, so you are not getting a nationality. But they are originally just like all the other refugees from different places in Palestine. And until now, they are living in what is called temporary camps. Imagine like temporary, which is, you know, like how all camps in the world should be temporary. But the fact that this is a temporary camp since 1967 it's still temporary in 2020 how sad it is so back to education if you were lucky to (laughs) if you were lucky to have this uh, nationality number uh, you can guarantee the primary education Uh, high education is uh, free for like in let's say in uh, some conditions so if you're uh, one of your parents uh, is a teacher so teachers they can guarantee Uh, seats for their kids in university in in public universities the other thing is uh, the army so army and teachers the if if you're one of your parents are in one of those sectors you can guarantee a free education in public uh, school and universities otherwise it's really expensive it's really expensive uh, if you are not one of those categories as an example when i finished my high school I did not have the chance to study, because my parents didn't, couldn't offer, uh, uh, couldn't offer me like, enough money to study, and I didn't have, have any like scholarship or any sponsorship like, to, to study. So I needed to work for years until I, like, I, I, I started college for two years for a diploma degree. I, I'm still trying to graduate for this reason because. I need really every time like to study a semester and then to work until I save enough money for the next semester, even though I got uh, the highest marks in the country in one of uh, the exams.
1: Congratulations.
0: After my diploma degree, <laughs> thank you. After my diploma degree, I, uh, we have an exam, we call it shaman, like this is an exam who can, like you need to, to do this exam to go from diploma to bachelor degree. Yeah, and in that exam, it was about tourism management, which is my major. And uh, I got the highest marks in the country. That gave me uh, an opportunity to pay less. Like, I'm still not studying for free, but I'm paying, like, an affordable amount of money.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. So you got a a discount for doing well.
0: I got a discount for being, like, the highest person, like, with the highest marks in the country. It was so hard. (laughs) We have a concept of wasta in jordan i don't know if you have heard about it
1: no tell me about it
0: wasta is uh, is the like let's say a connection the connection you need uh, to get your basic services it's kind of like corruption and it's a very famous jordanian word. yeah that's something known about jordan unfortunately that in jordan we you need to have a connection uh, in the public sector to reach your uh, uh, basics needs and services that are, are already your rights that's literally so you need wasta to be accepted for a scholarship you need wasta for a job you need wasta for the, the all uh, of your basic rights
1: so it's more about who you know
0: not what you know exactly exactly it's more about who you know that's WASTA, yeah. As I told you, the connection—you know—someone who knows someone in this department, then your your life gets much easier.
1: And are those connections family connections? Is the is the family very strong? Is it a very strong unit in uh, in, in Jordanian society?
0: Yes, true. Uh, the tribe—it's still uh, a strong. Like I, when I say tribe, you know, like it includes like even uh, more uh, families. And uh, it's really uh, very uh, strong in Jordan, uh, your family name. Every time like uh, even like the policeman stops you for uh, a normal uh, check. First thing they ask about your tribe and uh, your last name, which is your tribe name. And then if this tribe, if you have like, if you are from the same tribe, you are very safe. If your tribe and his tribe are from the same city, you are also safe. <laughs> but uh, but it it it's not. If you don't have a tribe, it's not very safe. That makes makes it uh, like you might get some troubles, <laughs> or you will be like checked more. Or if you are from uh, a tribe or a city that he doesn't like, like it's very complicated and it's it's really uh, very common uh, in Jordan. I told you that. Uh, It's a big question in Jordan, the identity thing.
1: So that that kind of seems like an obvious place to kind of ask about you and your background. You know, you mentioned your parents were from Palestine.
0: So, David, uh, yes, uh, my parents uh, are originally from Palestine and that gives you uh, a lot of stories and a lot of uh, history. And that's something like, I don't know, like even in your genes, that you feel that you were not, during the war, you were not there. But all those stories that they share with you, they tell you in your childhood, it gets a part of you. You feel that something might happen in any moment, even though that you didn't live this war that they lived. That's something I grew up with. Being in Jordan is something can really shape you uh, and make you very... uh, very interested in politics let's say I I, I can say that most Jordanian are very interested in politics like you won't find someone that he really doesn't know anything about politics or don't care about it it's more like if people like uh, if people talks about politics in public or not but they all like politics is a big part of Jordanian people's lives and the location of Jordan is enough to make, it, to make you and to make politics shapes your life. To be surrounded by, uh, by all those countries with conflicts and to be surrounded by all those people who suffered so much by, because of those conflicts. So I had my pa- Palestinian parents, uh, my uh, Palestinian community in camps very close to me where I grew up close to a Palestinian camp in Amman. I had like a really similar life to people in this camp. I used to play football uh, uh, during my childhood for the team of the camp. And then I spent a lot of time in in, a, in this Palestinian camp. And Intifada started in Palestine. That's like that in Jordan is a big thing because it's all Palestinians. So Intifada happens here too. Uh, then you join a protest, uh, since like you are a kid, you go to protests uh, for supporting Palestine, those things. When I was 18 years old, that was 2011, and then the Arab Spring. And uh, that's another stage where like my personality really started to be, was shaped. Like it's all about me. Like I, I, I was like 18 years old, uh, finished my high school did not have any opportunity to study Uh, all my other friends are like privileged let's say to to have opportunities to study either they are like high class or uh, they their parents worked in either the military or uh, as teachers so it makes you it it gives you a lot of uh, like feelings uh, and a lot of questions about uh, justice about like that's not fair why I don't study it's not fair why I'm not earning or not having any opportunities. And when the Arab Spring started, I found myself in the street. Because, yes, like, that's all for me. All those people are here down because of me, like, because they want me to have a better life. All those young people motivated by by their values uh, and, uh, and really, really to sacrifice so much for their values, which I think that's another interesting, like, difference between... Activism in our generation, and especially during twenty eleven in in the Arab uh, region, comparing to our parents' generation where where my parents talked about like more about communism about socialism and others talk about capitalism uh, so it's ideologies, Muslim brotherhood here in my region in in my country like that's another big ideology that was also uh, always close to me you know like i grew up in my childhood going to the islamic center like that was the only space where i can go and you know like uh, learn about things and being rewards that's their style you know like <laughs> they used to take us to trips and stuff so i used to go to learn about quran that was the only uh, the only party who is active is muslim brotherhood so muslim brotherhood they used to have their like uh, centers and organizations and they were crowding people and influencing. I call it now like brainwashing, like kids, in, at least in my experience and in my country. So Jordan is a country that banned political parties for, for more than 30 years. Political parties were not allowed to be existed in Jordan until the 80s. Except the Muslim Brotherhood Muslim Brotherhood was always the only one is allowed to work So I had this also like another like conflict like with myself like what they're talking about like who I am Do I really believe all those ideas in my childhood? I was close to I'm learning so much about what they're talking about and then the Arab Spring was the answer for me the Arab Spring in the street uh, This new movement where to the first time I really remember all the debates about where should we protest. Yeah, after years of the control uh, of the only political party in the country, which is Muslim Brotherhood, people uh, since the seventies used to protest to front a very famous mosque in Amman called Al Husseini Mosque in downtown Amman. Every protest always started from there because Muslim Brotherhood they used to organize it. 2011 it was the first time that young Jordanian they became aware about how this political party is using like all those religious stories and how they are making a lot of benefits through and by like religion and how much businesses they are doing like sometimes supporting the government through the mosque and through the speech they make sometimes encouraging people to protest, so they put more pressure against the government. So 2011, it was like, now it's clear. And the first decision from the street was, we are not coming anymore to the mosque, to protest. The mosque the mosque is for praying, and like, we still respect it, but this is not where we are going. So people, uh, again, moved to a uh, to, uh, simple now for, uh, for protesting in Jordan. It's called the fourth circle. This is a a square is close to the prime ministry. And there we found that, okay, we are not following political parties. We are not following religious parties. We are independent. We know like what we want to change, what the way to change and how to do it. And our problem was like since the 2011 is with the prime ministry. In Jordan, we never, we have never elected a prime minister. Like this is an experience we still never had. Since the British claimed 100 years ago that we are not educated enough to make one. And they still tell us that, oh, Jordanian, you can't elect one. We will choose one for you as UK chose one for us. It's still happening. I'm um, sorry for that. You know, like nothing is personal. It's somewhere. <laughs>
1: I'm. I'm always told how Parliament is the mother of democracy. <laughs> you know, maybe in the UK, but perhaps yeah. not elsewhere.
0: So yeah, the, all those experiences really like shaped me and made me looking for my activism. Like, okay, like how can I make the change? In Jordan, uh, young people try to to be and to make the difference and to make the change, but really in a different way. We learned so much from like other experiences around us. Social activism, political activism started since the 2011. People started to be more aware. And I chose to be a storyteller. So telling stories of people, bringing people together. We had a lack of communication in the street. And now I try to connect and to build the bridges between the two classes in Jordan. It's a huge gap. Through stories of people, I try to bring people together like in some events I organize uh, and some tours. What would you
1: say was the impact of the Arab Spring in Jordan?
0: It achieved an alert to, and a warning for governments and for everyone above people in this structure that we are very serious to change and uh, we have the tools to do it what made the Jordanian experience different was uh, some uh, signs that there is some hope for change peacefully and uh, uh, the government and even like the king in Jordan started some kind of uh, reforming and we started to see some signs for changing it's happening very slowly but at least yes we achieved to be in the right path uh, we see some, uh, some signals, let's say, f- or, and promises, and like few things happens that show us that uh, the future is going to be different if we kept pushing this way. The new thing is uh, in the last uh, 10 years was uh, secularism. Secularism started to be more accepted by people, uh, and there are like some signs that uh, Jordan is going more into the secular state, and that gives me uh, some hope personally. In 2016, I volunteered during the uh, the parliament elections uh, to promote for uh, the first secular political party in Jordan, who was uh, joining uh, the election. In 2016, for the first time, we had two members from this secular party called Ma'an, means together to the first time we have people talking about the secular state inside the parliament and to the first time like people started to 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 accept and to allow hearing about secularity and for before it, during muslim brotherhood time if you talked about it people will understand it as a war against islam that's what means secularism but recently it started to be more accepted. Every uh, December, the king, uh, this is one of the traditions, he writes letters to Jordanian, and then they announced this message. They call it, uh, we call it uh, papers for discussions that the king is uh, sharing with people. The title of his uh, seventh paper was the duties and responsibilities of each citizen in the secular state so that was really uh, a big thing that to the first time the king himself talking to people about this what it means to have a secular state and that gave us really a big hope that this vision uh, and the future of Jordan is going to be more a secular state with more like equality and more. Like more good values, uh, give, give gives people the same rights. The change is happening very slowly. It's which is more healthy.